When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde here from Blue and Gold. Happy Wednesday. It is October 5th. Um, as Tim and I record this show live on YouTube. Appreciate everyone watching live with us, watching back, listening via podcast. You guys are the best. Um, Tim and I love what we do, um, and we're glad that we get to do this show each and every week. Tim, it, felt, it feels like forever since we've done this show because... I got that I've been able to talk to you because we didn't do yeah. a, a pregame show last week like we always do on our Fridays. Um, you know, we didn't do um, a postgame show. So, yeah, it's been a while, Tim. How you doing? It was a good weekend is what it was. So no stress, no Notre Dame uh, pulling your hair out at the end, trying to figure out what to do. But, uh, no, it was a great weekend. Um, until you think Alabama is going to go down, Mike, because they don't have their Heisman quarterback. And in comes this redshirt freshman who might be the fastest looking QB I've ever seen on the football field. So that was depressing that those dudes will not take five minutes off for America to catch up. All right, folks, please do hit the thumbs up on this video and subscribe to um, our YouTube channel here. Um, if you have not um, subscribed yet, and yeah, like Joey said, please do hit the thumbs up. Um, Jay Carr says, hey, Mike, it was great to meet you on Friday. Dad and I love the content. Yeah, I got to meet a couple fans when I was at in, in uh, Ed Geyer game last Friday. Um, awesome. Not, not my fans, but uh, Notre, a couple Notre Dame fans I got to meet, which was uh, really cool. And we will talk about that um, in just a few moments. But Tim, let's go ahead and get into our... Uh, Best thing we saw this week. What do you got? Well, speaking of car, which was that uh, uh, post right there, was that tweet I sent you about CJ Carr's stats recently, which were just just eye-popping out of the chart. I mean, like 90% completion or something, 9, 12, 10, whatever the heck. Yeah, you got the – look at that. It's just crazy numbers. And then what I went and did, I went in YouTube, type in his recent games, and there's a ton of highlights on there recently watching him and uh man he's really good and it's called huddle come on you're a football coach you know huddle. no no well you, well youtube you get the games sometimes there's games you get the local newscast oh, oh yeah i went on there you know he's such obviously a big name the local you know uh news outlets of all doing uh reports on him live at the games there's all kinds of re really good uh film recently from him so i went and found some interviews some highlights He's uh he's fun to watch. He he he's gotten big time since last year. I'm talking about just his, his mechanics. Sure, he had a heck of a sophomore year, man. But when you watch that junior film, you could you just see the confidence growing. I felt like last year was his first year starting, correct? As a as a sophomore, he played a little bit as a freshman. They had a guy ahead of him, and now this year he's a Notre Dame guy. You know what I mean? He just wears it. You know, he had a Notre Dame wristband in one of the videos in last week's game, which was cool to see. And uh. Just his confidence level was just like, hey, I'm a Notre Dame quarterback. I'm going to go out there and sling it. Good luck trying to cover my guys. And uh, it was awesome to watch. So I just I just love that tweet. I thought it just 
took a nice week off and trying to get back. Sometimes, you know, we, as the season goes, you forget about those 23 recruits or he's 24, excuse me, but you forget about some of the commitments. And I went and watched some film and his just popped out on me. 30 of 36, 490 yards and nine touchdowns in his last two halves. Cause they just been blowouts. Um, so he hasn't really been playing in the the, the second half. There's so. one real quick, Mike. There's one because people always talk about you know CJ Carr, what's his arm strength and whatnot. You know he's great, accurate. There's one play from like two weeks ago. I mean he throws it 60 yards in the air on a dime, drops right into the dude's lap. So that he could sling it. He's definitely got an arm. So I know people always questioning that. Now he's got he's got it all when you're looking at a nationally ranked quarterback. No doubt about it. I'm gonna go see him on Friday. So no. that will be exciting. So awesome. this will be my uh, third, fourth, something time seeing him in person. Um, he was so good at Irish Invasion, yeah. the camp in June. Really excited to see him in this game atmosphere. And I was told it's supposed to be a good one. The uh, Cars team is 6-0, and uh, the team they're playing is Bedford, I believe. They're 4-2. So okay. really looking forward to seeing CJ Carr. So make sure you lock in at blueandgold.com for um, all the coverage from that game. All right, mine, Tim, oh, was just you. being out on the road um, at, at the uh, Denton-Geyer game, um, seeing – Five-star safety commit Peyton Bowen. His younger brother, Eli Bowen, um, had a, a nice little game as well. Peyton had a punt return touchdown in front of his yep. um, possible future head coach, I'll say, because I can't say it's for sure. Um, and really have had a ton of reporting on Peyton's situation these past few days. The gold standard um, so that Monday morning, I try to get up on mo- Monday morning scoop piece, all the latest in Notre Dame recruiting from what I've been able to gather those past few days before Monday. So kind of had that article and then um, the actual interview that I had with Peyton ran on Tuesday morning, I believe. So you can head to Blue and Gold and check that out. But for a YouTube audience, I mean... I mean, it's Marcus. I mean, is this a darn good-looking guy? Charismatic guy, um, and, and you just gotta love him. Brian Kelly was not a very lovable guy. It's hard to put your arms around him sometimes, and uh, the only thing that you'd put your arms around is, is the consistent winning. Yeah, to be determined on Freeman, but he's a lovable guy. He just is. But yeah, so how was the how was the atmosphere? How I mean, my. My dad, my dad was worked for a big construction company. He spent five years in College Station, five years in Austin. He went, you know, my my dad was big, obviously a football fan and whatnot, and uh, grew up really good football player in Long Beach, California. His big rival is Long Beach Poly, the school he went to. But uh, way back when, Poly was still Poly back in those days. But uh, yeah, the atmosphere. My dad always just talked about Texas high school football, saying there's nothing like it. Obviously, you've been around the country. You're in Atlanta. You went. You played in Florida. What was the atmosphere like? All right, I'm actually. I I think I tweeted out a picture. So this was, um, you know, an hour before the game started, so it was empty. But I don't think this does it justice either. This was massive. I mean, it was a big stadium. (laughs) So this, um, I think, is called the Collins Athletic Complex. So. Four local teams in the Denton area play here. I it's my understanding. I'm I'm no expert on it, but yeah. I, so I don't think it's just Geyer. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a darn good atmosphere. Um, 
I, you have this big expensive complex, but then the sideline was the smallest width sideline I've ever been to. I, like how, who, <laughs> like who came up, who drew this up? Like to have a baby sideline. You can't even, you know, if you're, you know, taking video like I am, you want to walk from one end zone to yep. the next. Yeah. You got to walk through a lot of people. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but it, it, I, I thought it was really good. This is actually, Believe it or not, my first time at a high school football game in Texas, nice. at least that I can remember. Um, and um, yeah, w- w- was thoroughly impressed. I'll tell you the best atmosphere pound for pound that I've been to th- that I can remember Charlotte Catholic, Jack Larson School, just a couple oh, weeks really? ago. Yeah, I was there. Were- it was outstanding. And again, it wasn't that big of a crowd, sure. but that place was in the student section was absolutely rocking so um yeah, right now you should have got a, i was gonna say you should have got tickets to uh st john bosco modern day this coming weekend in the santa Ana Bowl. they're only going i think it's all for 350 online right now 350 bucks for a high school football game insane yes and then i remember last year i went to pickerington north versus pickerington central when Notre Dame was recruiting Sonny Styles, and that one was a lot of fun too. Just good banter back and forth between the oh, student yeah. sections. But that's not what people are no, coming here to talk about. But um that's good stuff. All right, Mr. Hyde. First segment um here will be just a little discussion about how important this BYU game is, Tim. Woo. Will it make or break Notre Dame season? I'll go to you first and then I have my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, what a statement that is right there, right? Answer that question. Good luck. Was that a five-paragraph essay? It's like, I mean, that make or break. It's it's a biggie because, once again, is the most important game this season the Clemson game or is it going to be the next loss? And you hope, you know what I mean, that you hope that next loss is not Brigham Young. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're a better football team than what I've watched. But anyway – if they lose this, you're two and three. You still got obviously a road trip to the Carrier Dome. I think they're going to be wounded after playing Clemson and NC State. And then you have the big boys at Clemson, who obviously I watched that game against NC State and Clemson's every bit as good as advertised. So they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be eight and zero coming into South Bend. And then I actually watched USC and Caleb Williams for the first time Saturday night and. SC has a lot of holes, a lot of issues, but they got Caleb Williams, and that dude is dynamic as can be. He is legit. So this is a biggie, Mike. You win this game 99.9%. We're going to put it on Vegas on the roulette that they're going to be 6-2 and two playing Clemson. I truly believe so. But if you lose this game, it goes back to that UNC, the mojo. What happens? What's the mindset? I think the schedule is easy when you got Stanford, you got UNLV, you know, I, I mean, but Syracuse, I mean, you may have two wounded teams if they lose to Brigham Young that day in the carrier done with this, uh, with Syracuse schedule right before they play. But I truly believe they're going to beat Brigham Young. I think they're going to be six and two and the atmosphere in South Bend is going to be a Super Bowl. eight and no Clemson six and two Notre Dame. That's what, um, that's what I'm looking forward to. But to answer the question, make or break. Yes. Yes. Make or break. This is a biggie. This is beyond big. Mike is muted. Microphone and mic. There you go. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to say no. Because okay. guess what, Tim? Guess what we said, North Carolina? We were saying the same crap. This is the – oh, if they win this one, they're rolling. They got their mojo yep. back. If they lose, you know, you're one and three, right? Would have been – they're two and two right now? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're just going to say this about every single game because Notre Dame has no more margin for error. That That's kind of how I feel. You beat – let's say they beat BYU. They're three mm-hmm. and two. Then it's like – you lose to Stanford. I mean, that's going to break Notre Dame season, or it makes it. Now you're at four and two. So I, I, I kind of feel like we're just going to be playing this game all season because Notre Dame, but, like I said, no, no margin for error. I mean, no, you, you lose any more, especially the ones that you're supposed to win. It's like at any point now, it's it, they're all breaking it. So I, I don't think this specific one is a make or break because I kind of think they all are. Yes, because you know, because this 2022 season we have Marshall on our head. That thing's going to stick into our, you know, conversation each and every week. Because you're like, well, they lost to Marshall; they could lose to UNLV. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're, they're, they had their one hiccup. They had their like, what in the heck did happen moment? I don't think that's going to happen. You beat BYU. Stanford's not a good football team. Stanford has not been a good football team in years. Okay, they're not a good football team. UNLV is the bottom rung. I think they're four and one this year, maybe. But UNLV is, I mean, they're, I mean, they're a, a giant JUCO. I hate to say it, but they, I mean, they're a very <laughs> average football play, program. They are. That's I yeah. mean, UNLV's been down for ages on top of ages. And 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 Syracuse, you handle BYU. You take care of your two next games at home. You're not going to go in the carrier dome and lose that, knowing that what's next is Clemson. They'll go take care of business. So that's why I think this one's just huge just to set it up. And of course, NC was huge, but UNC, I mean, defensively, it's the worst. That's got to be the worst power five defense, you know, that they're going to face. And, and that goes back to my thought. My thought process, Mike, is do we even know this Notre Dame team? They're two and two. You have a bye. I feel this Brigham Young game is. Excuse me, is game one. I do. Because we really don't know still. You've had two games with one quarterback, two games with another quarterback. You know, you got upset big time with Marshall with one. You know, obviously Drew Pine was nervous Nelly in the first part of the Cal game. And then UNC, yeah, they exploded. They did all that stuff. But I'm telling you, they're bad. (laughs) They're bad. And Drake May still threw for five touchdowns. So I don't know what – I. Me personally, I still don't know where we're at with this Notre Dame football team after four games. You know, I think we know from the last six, seven quarters what we expect. But then even defensively, if you and I have talked before, is have they they haven't finished a fourth quarter yet this season, have they? Has Notre Dame played four quarters of defense? No, they have not. And that's what um is a little bit of frustration. Maybe they haven't played four quarters of defense well. Um, but they have played four quarters of defense. Tim. Oh, they, you know, they definitely have played four quarters, no <laughs> doubt about that. No, but exactly. Even the Cal, I know they held them to 17 points, but it's that game. I mean, they're a batted ball from Brandon Joseph playing volleyball from having Cal go 80 yards to tie it. NC scores, what, three straight drives of 70-plus yards to finish. Marshall, Ohio State, we've talked about, go 90-plus yards to uh, clinch and win the game. And those drives. So, yeah, Notre Dame hasn't finished. And I think that's a biggie. I'm sure those coaches talked about during the bye week. Like, guys, we got to play 60 minutes on D. This is ridiculous. And um, because they're always talking about, hey, we think, you know, these players keep saying that they feel they're the best defense in the country. They got the personnel and all that. 
they, they, they haven't done it over 60 minutes. And I think BYU is a good team to go do that with because you mentioned, is it make or break? They are ranked. They're a really good football team. They have a quarterback who I think is outstanding. This is a good football team. If you go out, handle business, win this game by double digits, it's going to mean a lot for this team going forward. Yeah. Talking about the North Carolina game. That's a weird game. Pondering, is it fool's gold? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it's like it's, if I beat a up weird. a fourth grader, I'm I'm undefeated as a boxer, but that's not that impressive. I beat up a fourth grader. So I, and and it's it's great point right there, Mike. You said fool's goal because the next week, what Carolina just beat Vot I know Vautech's got a brand new coach. I've seen zero of Virginia Tech this week, but they go out and torch. I mean, they hold them to 10 points. So did UNC's defense get that good in six days to hold Virginia Tech to 10 points? Because UNC's defense has been atrocious all year. That score was shocking. Not that they scored 41 points. Their their wide receivers are, as I mean, they're damn good. And yeah. obviously Drake May is going to be an NFL quarterback. So, which Notre Dame, I think the schedule, I think they're going to play six or seven NFL quarterbacks, I think, when it's all said and done this year, which is wild. Folks in, uh, with, with us live on YouTube or watching back, please drop in the comments. Like, kind of your thoughts on this discussion about the make or break. Um yeah, I, I think it's kind of just a semantics thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of how you want to define it, really. Uh, I did want to pull up real quick the um, – th- this is the coaches poll. I, I would find the coaches poll, poll better than the media poll, even though it's like, when do the coaches even watch all these games? But, you know, the, the, they, these coaches know what's going on. Um, you got BYU down here at 16, um, moved up four spots from the previous week what's interesting tim is i don't know if you got to watch my interview that i posted on wednesday with a byu reporter um and he picked notre dame to win by 10 points there's a sense going into this game that byu and i can pull up their schedule is kind of reeling a little bit so they Beat my oh. USF Bulls. When I say my, I graduated from there. I couldn't name two players on the team, but um, you know they beat USF fifty to twenty one. That two OT um, victory over Baylor twenty six to twenty. When that happened, we were kind of like, "Oh crap, this is going to be tough." And then you know they lose to Oregon by twenty one points. I don't yeah. think Oregon's you know, good that great this year either. Oregon got their you know doors beat off by Georgia. Yeah. Um, like embarrassed, you know, a couple touchdown win over Wyoming, you know, okay. fair, uh, and 12 point win over Utah state. So it kind of seems like these last three games, they're reeling a little bit after a, a hot start. Um, so it, it just kind of any thoughts, Tim, you know, looking at this schedule and anything we're saying here. No, great points. Number one, you know, the running game, obviously they have a, they had a heck of a running back last year. I think he had over 1600 yards. I remember watching them, is you know in that crazy arena ball game against Virginia last year that was going back and forth. So that uh, you know the running back got drafted, I believe, with Atlanta. BYU is interesting because they're but you know they're a lot of older dudes. You know guys have been around Mormon missions a lot of 23, 24, 25 year olds. Uh, reeling, they've had some injuries at wide receiver, but the but the consistency on this football team is the quarterback. I mean, you guys go if you anyway. I've gone and watched their last couple of football games that they played. He is good. I mean, people, you know, I'm surprised he's not getting more. I'm sure he will after the season, just kind of like Zach Wilson did. But 
he's an NFL quarterback. He can make every throw. I, I compare him to C.J. Stroud when you just watch him, his accuracy, his deep ball, the way he throws out routes, back shoulder fades. Him on the run to his left opposite his throwing arm is just beautiful to watch. So, you know, they're really good. They've had a few injuries. They wrote, I mean, they're, they're a hockey team on the D line and the whole front seven. We think Notre Dame rotates more. You guys are going to lose your mind watching Brigham Young. They're bringing in guys every couple plays and you see it on the game film. A lot of just big dudes up front. No one really sticks out dynamic. Linebackers are just a bunch of tall, lean, Maris Leofel type guys, meaning just his length is how long Maris is compared to these guys. They do have two good corners that are getting some NFL pub, which is scary because last time they played, those guys were at Marshall. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. I like his prediction with 10 points. I think Notre Dame's a better football team. I think their O-line versus that front seven is a strength. But this, you know, this also feels a little bit about the Ohio State game in that NFL quarterback with some really good wide receivers. And he averages six, six to eight guys catching the ball every game. He slings it around. There's not one dude to take down. It's everywhere. And I can pull up their stats here, Tim. And don't you dare, Tim Hyde, give away that score prediction because that oh, is not yet. Our not Friday. Yet. Friday at noon is when I will post our final thoughts and observation prediction video. Um, we record it Thursday night because I want to make sure that we actually get to hear from Marcus Freeman on Thursday um, to see if there's any kind of last updates before we offer our predictions. But um, Tim, they're running the ball a ton. Um, I mean, 156 total carries. Now I'm sure some of those are sacks or, mm-hmm. um, you know, just quarterback runs, um, off script, but 156 rushing attempts to, um, 171 passing attempts by Jaron Hall. So he's completing 70% of his passes, throwing for 287 yeah. yards per game, 12 touchdowns to one pick. So, um, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Tell you, he's he's really good. If if guys watching this right now, if you haven't if you haven't watched it, just go find some highlights of any game, and you're just going to be like, wow, that's a good quarterback. He's really good football player. He's he's going to be an NFL guy. It's going to be somewhere on a two deep next man in whatever it is. Me even be a heck of a starter down the road. He he's I I had not really watched him much. I you know you always hear about him, and then it's like, oh, I got to put on some film. I want to check these guys out, and he just really popped off. Um, on the film, just how dynamic it is. I've heard this, his best receiver, he's had a couple of them that have been in and out all season long. So this goes back to my point. Yeah, I don't know their depth chart. I don't know all the bodies and all that. I just watch film and the scheme and some of the guys that pop off on there. They have had a handful of guys in and out all season long, like a couple guys that played in Oregon, didn't play last game, vice versa. So it's been that way a little bit on the offense. Tim, we need to tell you something yeah zw crawl 0981 says mike and tim you guys are the best keep it up and we appreciate the super chat thank you yeah definitely appreciate it um tim just this is kind of one of those things as you're you're going to bed you've had a long day at work you know your 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 kids are finally sleeping you know love it you know, you, you're putting your head down for to catch some Z's, maybe those three hours that you get. And, you, and, you're, and you're laying down, and then Notre Dame football comes to your mind, because I'm sure that's what happens to you, Tim. Yep. And you think to yourself, what if Notre Dame beat Marshall? Oh. Three and one. Notre Dame's a top 10 team. 
Yes. Someone commented uh, here. Here, if Notre okay. Dame would have beat Marshall, they'd be a fourteen-point favorite this week. I don't want to rehash the Marshall game, but oh, just going back to this—is it a make-or-break thing? We're just yeah. saying yeah, because of Marshall. <laughs> this yes. whole season is just that 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 loss will be talked about for so long. Like like the USF one a decade ago. Yes. Like it's purple face brain killer. Like just one of those losses you're just never gonna. Just what if that's, but that's a great point. And, you know, and even the, you know, the poster mentions as well. Yeah. Exa- I mean, let's just say they won, you know, Buckner hits Lindsay, they go up, they get a mojo. They, you know, they struggle in the second half a little bit, but Buckner doesn't get, you know, this goes, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Buckner doesn't get hurt, but they struggle and they eke out the, you know, 27 to 19 win, whatever the heck it ends with, you know, and then obviously you go and get Cal, handle Cal, you run the ball down their throat. You just keep getting better and better. And UNC is UNC. Yeah. They're three and one. That Ohio state game is like, Oh, a lot of respect. You know, you sure you struggled, but, but you're three and one. They got to be number 10, number 12 at worst. And people are still saying Notre Dame's in the college football playoff hunt potentially, you know, with with a one loss. And if Ohio state's one of the exactly with one loss, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If they beat Marshall. Yes. So, and I'm sure the Notre Dame haters would have a field day with that, but still like Notre Dame would be, it's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh man. Um, Oh, you know what? But at the same token, Marshall played their tails off. Their game plan was solid. They, 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 I mean, they did so many things to stay in that game. And even then they still had the lead and they go 90 some odd yards to take it over. The guy hits that 50 yarder whips you know goes through three tackles there and it's like bam the upset happens and you get the pick six when mayor's open to the right side it's uh it, you're right it's one that's just gonna stick there and that's a biggie because notre dame is is really still that team you know obviously they're not tyler buckner but they're still the same personnel the same schemes that they've been doing they've just been refining and getting better at things but uh had they done that it's it's fat. We talked last, what two weeks ago in our show. Like, it's fascinating. Where would we? Where would this offense be? Would they have found a way to get Pine in if Buckner was struggling to throw the ball? So many variables, but they're here now. And if they continue this mojo, really, from the last six quarters with Pine, there's no reason they should not be six and two, getting ready to play Clemson. Um, not to make our listeners and Tim Hyde even more depressed here, but oh. <laughs> after Marshall beats Notre Dame, they lose to Bowling Green yep. in overtime. And then Troy, they posted seven points yeah. against Troy. And then this past weekend beat FCS Gardner Webb 28 to seven. Um, I think that's, um, big, that's uh, what, what, what is their conference Gardner Webb? Someone in the chat drop what conference? My brother played at Presbyterian College, and I, they were in the same conference. I can't remember, and yeah, not that important. But uh, yeah, we will play uh, the what if game um, no longer. We will move on. But uh, yeah, Tim, just any other thoughts about this BYU team? Um, you know, before we uh, move on to some recruiting talk. I think they're properly ranked. They're in that, you know, mid- middle tier there. Whatever are they, uh, 16, I think you had them. Uh, you know, they're that, I mean, they're in that 15 to 18 bracket. That, that's what they are. They beat a really good Baylor team. You know, Baylor 
program, even though they got boat raced by Oklahoma State recently. The Oregon game, I put the Oregon game on. Or tell you what, Oregon just has athletes everywhere. They got skill dudes. Big South, there you go. Big South. Yeah, Oregon's got athletes everywhere, which is frustrating to watch because they got receivers, and you're like, why doesn't Notre Dame have a receiver to throw it to? And that was a frustrating game to watch Oregon just throw to skill guys everywhere. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're properly ranked. They're a good, solid football team. They played a really hard schedule. Um, they have some tough games after Notre Dame. But I'm with your beat writer that you interviewed, Mike. I think Notre Dame's the better football team. And, and I fully nope. expect them to – I'm not going to give a score prediction, but I'm fully expecting Notre Dame to come out, play inspired football, wearing the beautiful white uniforms, and uh, going to Vegas and, and come away with a big W, getting ready for Stanford. Okay. All right. So we're not going to go super long tonight. Um, Mr. Singer, Mr. Hyde have some, uh, you know, other things to take care of tonight. So, um, but we're going to talk a little recruiting because um, we really haven't talked a whole lot of recruiting in the show. We do have a 1 p.m. Eastern time kind of recruiting half hour show that, that we've been doing with myself and Trey Yannity, um, where we just talk some Notre Dame football recruiting and then take your questions. So, um, please tune into that or catch it back as well if you're if you're at work and not able to watch. Um, but you know, obviously, we want to get Tim Hyde's perspective um, on some of these items as well. So, just kind of a general topic of discussion here, Mr. Hyde. If you look at my predictions, I have logged out there. I think it's just three players in the 2023 class that I have predictions for Notre Dame to land who are currently uncommitted. I think it's three. I'm trying to think. I can't. I can't. Jeremiah Love. Love. The uh, four-star running back. Um, Tim, I can't remember. In Lions. My, my lead up to this, if I mentioned. If you, drop your questions. If you have a super chat, we'll get to your, your question right away. You have Lions, um, right? The receiver? Yeah, we'll the yeah. So Jeremiah Love, the running back from St. Louis. Uh, we have Tayshawn Lyons, the wide receiver from Northern California. Um, and then the newest one that I just yes. put in today, um, Brandon Hillman from Portsmouth, Virginia Churchland High School. I'm not going to dive too much into this recruitment. I want you folks to go um, watch the video tomorrow afternoon. Again, Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time live show. If you're not able to watch it live, catch it back or listen via podcast. Um, but Tim, just... You know, as you look at Notre Dame's recruiting class and how it's trending, of course, the quarterback situation has not been figured out yet. But I think you've got to feel pretty good about this offensive talent. You got Jeremiah Love, top 100 recruit per the consensus. Tayshawn Lyons, that's a darn good wide receiver to be the fourth guy you bring in. And then Brandon Hillman um, is a three star player who has picked up all of his power five offers in like the past week. I mean, the young man is just blown up. Um, he was a high school quarterback who then got some film out there of him at safety. And everyone's like, Holy crap, look at this young man. Um, you know, uh, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, Virginia, Vanderbilt, his uh, power five offers might be leaving out one or one or two. Um, but this young man just kind of blown up here recently. Who knows how many more offers he picks up. So Tim, what, what are you thinking here? Uh, go real quick back up the love. Uh, click that love one and click um, the the consensus running backs. He's number five right there. It's like just 
I want, I mean, just, I mean, look at these guys he's up there with. These are some dudes. And Jeremiah Love, if you haven't seen his senior film, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, Mike, even you just went solemn recently. Yeah, he's he is, so good. Guys, he is, he's, he's here. And I think sometimes we lose focus on that. Like, look at these guys he's up there with. These are some dudes up there. And if you haven't seen these guys highlight film ahead of him, he's up there with him. Cutting ability, speed ability, hands. I mean, his inside zone is just the way he cuts. And some of this film that's been out there is outstanding. He's a top five national running back that Notre Dame desperately needs. I say desperately needs is the breakaway. Yeah, you know, you know, Audric's a stud, but he ain't going to break it like this guy is. You know, Diggs wants to run outside, but Love will run inside and break it inside. He has no fear whatsoever. So Jeremiah Love is a dude, and I think we shouldn't lose focus on – I mean, he's a top five national running back. And Notre Dame hasn't gotten guys like this in, in a long time. And he's coming from a great city in St. Louis, which is bringing more and more dudes to Notre Dame in the in the coming weeks. Um, Adam says, how does Louisville get that kid? Um, <laughs> no well, comment. They got Lance Taylor, um, you know, former Notre Dame running backs coaches. They're OC, and we just uh, love Lance Taylor around here. I was a huge Lance Taylor fan. It's like it's one of my favorite human beings. Um, but in all serious, I'll give you three letters, and this yeah. is just my opinion. I'm going to give you three letters here: I, L, and N. You uh, can put those in any order you want. That's just, I mean, like what what other sense does it make? I think Ruben o, El Campo. I think is is that Houston. Um, Kid, I mean, just look at, I mean, it's funny you mentioned, I mean, we don't want to talk about Louisville and all that, but just Louisville's got what half a dozen kids out of Orange County, Long Beach, Southern California. Has that ever happened in the history of Louisville football? No. So it's like, yeah, do the math as they say, right. As we're moving forward and recruiting. Yeah. El, El Campo is a little bit outside of uh, Houston, but uh, yeah, all right. Jay. Hey, a couple super chats. Cool. Joe, oh, what's going on? He says, joining late. Sorry if this was brought up. If the Irish running game has really taken a turn, could there be play action game across the middle really open up this week? Oh, without hey, a what, doubt. About, what about that pine dime to Styles? I believe that was a play action. I mean, so that, I, I that was I mean, play that action was, shots was something exactly. missing Cal that we saw exactly that that one. I mean, no, the play action's there because uh, that's the other thing. BYU they want to play a three three. They're a three man front against you know, but they'll mix in a bunch of four. They blitz a ton. They got dudes all over the place. They they'll play five safeties and rotate those dudes into coverages all over the place. But yeah, BYU. I bet you BYU's got a couple of really good corners. I think BYU's going to come in and just load up the box, put eight guys in there and play cover zero out on the, on the perimeter. And and if they have one safety deep, he's reading run first. So play action, play action without a doubt. Especially the way. Notre Dame has been chewing up the yards in those in these last two games. They're going to come in there, and BYU has given up chunks running the ball. If you watched the Utah State game last Thursday night, Utah State was just chewing them up off tackle. So Notre Dame's going to do that. Great point there with the play action game and uh, getting these guys one on one, which has been the story of this Notre Dame season, is trying to get wide receivers up up top and try and connect with these guys, which they've missed. And Marshall, a handful, and missed a couple biggies in the Ohio State game. Okay, a um, couple more Super Chats, and then we are going to get back to that recruiting discussion. Another one from Joe. Appreciate it. Mm. He says, unless the Irish start playing freshmen, they won't get top guys. Heard Merriweather isn't happy. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, okay, this is interesting because it's, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I, I'm not texting with Meriwether. I don't think Mike and I are in the dorms with him, so we can't answer that question. But this notion about freshmen. Who's the starting corner this year? Uh, true freshman who just showed up August 1st. So if you prove it, you play. Who's tight end two? What's that? Who's tight end two? Exactly. Tight end two, Eli Raritan. You know, Holden stays. Holden stays started against North Carolina. There's a true freshman. Logan Diggs was a true freshman last year. Played a ton of football. You know, they started two left tackles last year that were true freshmen. And this it, it, it's interesting because Notre Dame always always has this. Well, they don't play a freshman. Sure, they do. If you're a dude, you play. Uh, Manti Teo came in. Guess what? He played as a freshman. Jalen Smith played as a freshman. Kavari Russell in the 2012 team. Here's a team that's going to a national championship, yet a true freshman was the starting corner on that team. So if you're a guy, you will play. And I don't think, and I think sometimes this is thrown away. I mean, Michael Mayer on the 2020 team that goes to the Final Four played in each and every single game next to two NFL guys, Brock Wright and Tommy Tremble. Mike Mayer split as many reps as those guys did. So if you're a freshman, you're going to play. If you know what the heck you're doing, you're going to help the football team. You're going to play. Yeah, and I will add to the dude part. We, everyone can agree that Spice Merriweather is more of a dude than Matt Salerno. But sure. It, you just it's, Tobias isn't ready. Otherwise, why would Notre Dame not play him? Like, let's just use common sense. You play the better player, right? We're all going to assume that the six four, two hundred pound, all American wide receiver is a better talent than the walk on who was was just catching punts a couple seasons ago. Like, we can all that. That's not difficult to figure out. So, Tobias. With which Joe dropped another super chat. Appreciate it, okay. Joe. You're the man. Since Thank the wide are playing, he's a dude no one else has pressed me at the wideout position. To me, it, it's just because he's not ready. Like he's clearly not ready to the staff. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. So that's is there any other reasons, Tim, you know, as, as a coach yourself, like why he wouldn't be playing? He's just not ready. Yeah. I mean, players, I mean, coach. Coaches like to win football games and they're going to play the guys that are going to help them win. And I, th- I think that sometimes loses focus. And if he's not ready, I mean, he may just, and once again, we're not in the meetings, we're not out there seeing what Stucky and Reese are doing and stuff like that. Marcus Freeman mentioned him, you know, personally in the, in the press conference, like, Hey, you know, go seek out information. He we're out there coaching his tail off. Even Tommy Reese in yesterday's, you know, when the media meets with the assistant coaches, Reese says we've, We've had packages for him. We just haven't gotten him in the game. And it's a game flow and things of that nature. But I mean, look at Jaden Thomas. Jaden Thomas was, I mean, Mike, you, I mean, you dealt with his recruiting. Jaden Thomas had SEC offers all over the place. He played as much as you and I did last year. He didn't pout. And he's a starting wide receiver this year. That happens. Lorenzo Styles, it took him four or five weeks, then obviously an injury. And then boom, he takes off and 
ends up being the guy last year. Sometimes it happens. I mean, that I mean, one of the premier Notre, I mean, Notre Dame's got some dudes that have played in the NFL. Will Fuller and uh and Claypool, I mean, they barely scratched the surface as freshmen. Yet Will Fuller goes on to just dominate his sophomore and junior year and become a first-round draft choice. So not every freshman is Michael Floyd who comes in on day one and just gonna go dominate and help the team out. That it it doesn't happen. And if they and if it does, those guys will play. And the last point on this, I want you to get into, Mike, is this perception of, well, if the freshmen don't play, the it's going to hurt recruits. Recruits, I mean, recruits' mindset are, oh, I'm going to Notre Dame, and if they give me an opportunity, I'll play. I'm not that guy. I'm a different guy. I'm I'm Jaden Greathouse. I'm going to take care of myself and go there. And they're not – I don't think those receivers are sitting back like, oh, Tobias isn't playing, you know. I. I don't think that's a thing when it comes to recruiting because each recruits its own person in its own class. Yeah, I agree. Nothing else to add. My last kind of thought was um, what else, what other reason is there for, for Meriwether not to be playing? So it's either he's not ready or the coaches are idiots, right? I mean, it's, it's one or the other. The coaches, you know, believe he's not ready and they're right, or they're, they just lost their minds and they're playing they're not playing the good, the better player. Yeah. It's possible. I don't think so, but it is possible. Tim, I'm, I'm curious about this D2 DT 22. And I, I believe we have one more super, two more super chats to get to after this comment sure. real quick. So we can stay on this Merriweather topic. Cause it's topic every week and appreciate Notre Dame, not playing Tobias just because it gives us something to talk about for 10 minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> DT22 says, get Merriweather running a few go and post routes Saturday. If the staff can't get him ready to do it, that then it's that's on them. So, Tim, to me, it's like you do that, then a defense knows, okay, when when Merriweather comes to the game, this is all he's doing. Um, that No, that's the first thing I was going to say exactly. Oh, the freshman's in. Uh, here comes the post route or a go. I mean, should they do that anyway inside the red zone? Sure. I mean, it's it's easy to say, sure, why not? You know, go do a red zone fade to bias. But at the same time, as a football coach, do you want to get the ball in the Michael Mayer's hand? You know, is that the guy you want to get to down there? And obviously when they get in the red zone, Notre Dame's been chugging away, running the football and whatnot. So it's that old, there's only one football. So if if you're trying to build a package for Tobias, who through four games, you know, he's only been there for a couple months as well. Had he been an early enrollee, I think, we could all assume, so to speak, that he would be out there. He's still learning. Did he get dinged up in camp? Did he miss a few practices with a calf pull? I don't, I'm just throwing stuff out. I have no idea. I'm just using that as an example. Did he miss five days? We don't know. You know, Prince Collie did a little bit, and that held him back. You know, uh, you know, during his time, is he starting to regroup? So, yeah, you know, I mean, you don't know. I mean, get the ball to Tobias. Well, get the ball, to Michael Mayer. How about, how about Lorenzo Styles, who we all feel is their best guy? They're still slowly trying to develop him into the play, into the game plan, which they've been trying to do each and every week. And Lorenzo had a great game against UNC, but that's one out of four games. I think Styles is a better wide receiver, and let's get him involved. But the point is made. We've heard about it. I It's all valid. But, you know, if, if he's on the field – so you take out a 12 personnel, you take out a second running back. I get the Salerno thing. Salerno's not playing 65 snaps now. Let's be yeah. smart about that. You know, I think that's overblown. We see him. 
block in or he catches the, you know, the, obviously the good pass against Ohio state and whatnot, but yeah, he's not out there a ton. And real quick, I see this super chat right here, Mike, about the transfer era. You know what? Sure. I mean, transfers, I mean, Notre Dame was losing dudes. You know, if you're not playing, you're going to transfer. That's kind of been around. Now it's just going to be bigger and better, but let me throw this out. If, if, if there's a player who's four string at Notre Dame and he transfers, okay. Does, does that hurt Notre Dame? I mean, seriously, does it hurt him? Especially the whole reason Marcus Freeman is there is the recruiting, that machine, those guys that he's going to try and replenish the roster. So I don't think Tobias is going to leave, but if someone else wants to leave, that's a sophomore or a junior that's been on the bench for a couple of years. Wish you well. I mean, that's just going to be the nature of the beast moving forward. Joe, appreciate the support um, and uh, good, good conversation here. Oh, great one. So the receiver snap count, excuse me, snap counts. Tobias Merriweather's played four. Okay. That's equal to Deion Colsey, who's a sophomore, by the way. Yeah. Injuries there. His injuries, yeah. Jaden Thomas, 168. Styles 209, Lindsay 234. So those are your three main receivers who've been playing. Yes. So Salerno has played 50 snaps. So four games. Exactly. Through four games. So yeah. and most of the, and most of those, Mike, I've gone through and watched every game, charted all the things. Most of those are quick little flats, a lot of blocking, a lot of motion, chip, chip the end, things of that nature. He's not He's not Chris Finke going out there playing, you know, as a walk-on, playing slot and being the major dude at slot. He's not that when he's out there whatsoever. He's out there to give a guy a blow a rest. A lot of time he's out there when there's 12 personnel and they're trying to highlight, you know, Michael Mayer and run the football. Joe says, I'm just worried that they're holding him to a higher standard. No, I mean, Stucky came in and, I mean, recruited Merriweather that last Oh no! Never mind. Recent, no, never mind. I mean, he had recent, already signed. Yeah, I mean, didn't that you know once they were allowed to go on the road, wasn't that one of the first? He did. Trips, he did. They right? did a home visit with him. Marcus Freeman he did. So yeah, yeah, I mean, he's been his guy since you know Merriweather got. So I, I, I wouldn't be too worried about Joe. I mean, it, we're still only four games into the season. I know. Yeah. But real quick, you know what? I talked about this on the blue and gold message boards with some guys maybe a week or two ago. Like for me. You know, maybe this hasn't been talked about, but subliminally underneath the everything, right, is Merriweather's kind of that that symbolism of Brian Kelly, correct? Brian Kelly went and had barbecue at his house, took a phone call, got in the car with Tommy Reese and those guys saying, hey, I'm going to LSU, you guys want to come? And they bailed on Tobias. So, I, you know, sometimes, you know, he's the one receiver that stuck after C.J. Williams and Walker bailed at the last second. So, I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, we're holding, is it Merriweather's like, oh, we want him to have success to rub it in Kelly's face because he, he bailed on them after that night in uh, recruiting. I don't know if that's there. I just thought I've used that as an example and thought it was, thought it was interesting. We all like Tobias. His film's outstanding. He got a, and maybe what killed Tobias is all the, the hype, correct? In June, July, you know, he's running around in T-shirt and shorts, and then camp started, and it's a different world in camp than it is seven-on-seven. Seven. Okay, um, I actually missed a super chat um, from earlier, so apologize. Um, ZW Cross says, how big of an impact will Peyton make if he stays? So we're talking about Peyton Bowen. 
um, the five-star safety. So, Tim, uh, um, I went and saw Mike Matthews, uh, who's a Notre Dame 2024 receiver safety target, play against Caleb Downs, who was a mm-hmm. five-star safety target for the Irish in the 2023 class. Well, Downs might be the best play, like the best football player in the country. Like he really just might be it. Love that so guy. I told you that number two safety. He's yeah. behind a pretty darn good one. So, um, how, how big of an impact would this be, Tim, if, if the Irish are able to hold on to him? That's funny you say that because I mentioned that right about six months ago. I thought Downs was the best. I just, I just think he's just a football dude, man. He just, man, he's just dynamic out there on the field. He can do everything, but. Bowen is is massive. He, he he's he's massive for this team. Number one, the depth. It's going to be a huge position in 2023. You're going to lose Houston Griffith, DJ Brown, Brandon Joseph. I know he has an extra year, but Brandon Joseph doesn't want to play a fifth year at Notre Dame. He wants to go to the, the NFL, and he's going to. I bet you he goes to the NFL. So you're going to have open spots. Uh, you're going to have Ramon Henderson and Xavier Watts are going into their fourth year. They're senior. They're going to their senior year. Yeah, they have an extra year, a COVID year, all that junk, but they're going to be seniors. Bowen is going to. I don't know if he's an early enrollee. Is he, Mike? Would you know? Uh, I think so. Okay, so let's say he's there in January. How is he not the third safety? How is he not a nickel safety? Right? They, do they put him in to play deep? He is his speed. I mean, you just saw him live. He is fast his speed is electric great return man that's the other thing this we talked 23 recruiting this class has like six seven return guys what are you gonna have a like a whole hands team on kickoff return just put them all out there i mean the the return men in this 2023 class is outstanding but peyton bowen is huge because he's fast he's athletic he's a legit legit top two three safety in america as you've shown and he's a guy that could be a guy Day one at a position of massive need in the 2023 class. You know, not to rub salt in the wound. That's why it sucks. Keeley left because Keeley was an instant, instant depth guy playing on day one at that Viper. So, but Bowen, he's a playmaker. He's going to be on the field game one next year when they're playing in Dublin, Ireland. All right. I think one more super chat. Um, and then we'll go about 10 more minutes. Sure. I'm talking some Notre Dame football. Um, and recruiting, but let's hear from our friends over at Rogue Shop, which is a husband and wife outfit as Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shar are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch, sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. Grow it and farm it all themselves, do everything by hand. And as our YouTube audience can see on the, on the screen here, website to visit is rogueshop.com. Products that will give you euphoria, that's for sure. Um, but really so much more if that's not your thing. Products that have been known to help with anything from stress and anxiety to chronic pain and insomnia. If you have a question about what a product does, you can jump on a live chat, which you guys can see down here in the left corner um, of your of, of the screen here, um, and you can chat with the owners, and they'll steer you in the right direction. I've received a box of product, and Char, the um, – the wife had a detailed handwritten instruction for me as I'd never used these products before. Um, they'll take care of you and answer all of your questions. So topicals that are great for pain specific areas. Um, 
make your life better if you suffer from stress, insomnia, reducing inflammation, anxiety, mood disorders. Um, so if you want a good night's sleep, when that sleep cycle comes, you want to stay asleep. Um, and these products will help with that. Check them out at rogueshop.com and um, use promo code blue and gold, I think it is. Yes, there it is. Blue and gold, use those three words. Um, and um, I think it's 10% off. I'm sorry, guys, I'm not uh, going to prepare that part. But yes, it's, it's you're going to get a, yourself a good deal there. So um, yeah, appreciate our um, friend's over at rogueshop.com. Yeah, you might need it for this Notre Dame football time. You might need some Rogue Shop products. Yeah, yeah, we'll, um, find, yeah we'll find out Saturday night, huh? Like, holy moly. But uh, hey, real quick, Mike, on this comment, you know, Joe's done some super chats and he comments here, kind of brushed over the, you know, one-way door comment. What what did you say, Joe, if you could just respond since you've sent a few already? Um, I, I don't remember what he said. She's talking about the one-way door as far as people leaving if they transfer it. I was just curious. This is just college football in 2022. I, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of over the patting everybody on the back, yep. you know, like play the best players yep. and bring the best guys in. I don't care. Like I think Notre Dame should have brought a transfer quarterback in last year, yeah. but I don't think they did because they wanted to kind of keep the peace in the quarterback room. Yep. That's kind of my read on it, and I think that was a, was a bad decision. Especially with the quarterback with who runs and has a history of injury. So, and that's, and that, you know, there's a gentleman here who comments, you know, he doesn't, he says, you know, because I've mentioned, I think Cam Hart, Brandon Joseph are going pro. Why would they, why would you, if you're a skill player, why would you come back for a fifth year? I think if you're coming back for a fifth year, is that positive for you? So, the guy says that he doesn't think he's ready, but in this day and age, and you're an athlete, you're a skill guy, people want to question Kevin Austin. Well, Kevin Austin did make, practice squad he's in the nfl he's getting paid and practice squad guys always get moved up eventually so kevin austin's going to be in the nfl and i think cam hart and brandon joseph they're going to have the degrees you think brandon joseph wants to keep going to class after going to northwestern for three years no he wants to go make some money go play some football and i think cam hart's the same well the same thing all right. Uh, sorry about the delay in this, um, Roy and Clark. Any shot Notre Dame can get Drake May to transfer. Uh, he has to know he will never win anything at North Carolina. If not, Texas will be three deep at quarterback. Okay, so um, Roy and Clark thinks that, um, you know, uh, Drake May could transfer to Texas. Um, is that what you're saying? But uh, no, I think he's saying, how do you get him to Notre Dame? Correct. Cause he's a heck of a core. I think that's yeah. probably, he's probably talking about Texas and their recruiting and all their guys. And okay. whatnot well, Notre, Notre Dame is not allowed to tamper, but yeah. I agree with you that he will not win anything at North Carolina. Cause no. he, I want this to kind of, this list of teams to be implanted in people's brains. Iowa State for sure. North Carolina. I want to throw Miami in there. What's Miami's record this year? Do you know, Tim? Well, that's no. Well, they just lost to Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. So I don't yeah, yeah, exactly. hear what are we... <laughs> anything about those three schools being back. Hey. Don't want to hear it. Texas, I'm I'm close, but you know, they're they're, they're recruiting pretty well. Um and being a and I've told you, being a West Coast guy. It's, I mean, I can't tell you how many stories I've read, magazine covers I've heard 
about Arizona State. This is the year. ASU out west, it's always about ASU. And they're just a, and they just can't do it. They can't figure out how to tie their shoes out there most years. So it's uh, ASU's in that class, I would say, from the West Coast. Yeah. But um, yeah, he would be a great quarterback to get next year. But um, any shot, I I would be pulling something out uh, out of my backside if I gave you an opinion on that. You know what, Mike? And you mentioned this on the message board I saw in one of your comments was, you know, someone asked, oh, is, you know, does Notre Dame have a shot at them? And you're like, yeah. And then someone asked back and you're like, guys, coaching changes. He's like, college football is it's wild nowadays. You, look at the coaches changes that are t- happening now. How many of those commitments are getting calls from coaches that have already offered him in the past trying to flip? You just don't know, especially with quarterbacks. And uh, quarterback is going to be the biggie because, I mean, you posted, I think, right before the first game at Ohio State. Was it 47, 48% of the FBS was transfer quarterbacks starting at a new school this season, which is just insane. Crazy. Tim, every time you say, Mike, I remember reading something you wrote. I'm like, oh, crap. I don't remember. <laughs> I, remember <laughs> yeah, I remember a lot. So I'm it's all nervous. All like you, you, you've brought up a couple times what I said about Carr, where I think Carr would be ranked hmm. reclassified. I don't remember saying that. but No, I hear you. I hear you. I'll take but your I, word yeah, for it. I do. I do. Hey, I remember a lot what Mike Senior posts on the board <laughs> because it's thoughtful and you always have good points. So I do remember those. All right. Well, um, we didn't really – cover our recruiting discussion a whole lot but yeah the the gist is Notre Dame's trending for some offensive talent um to kind of yeah sure up I, I think this, we'll yeah. see what happens at quarterback it's still very much TBD but uh, oh this name offensive recruiting just keeps kind of seems like it keeps taking steps up these past few years that it's athletes it's going back to the the guy super chat told oh, what if they go in the transfer portal well that's what Marcus Freeman's doing he's trying to replenish the roster Fill it up with competitive, athletic dudes that are like, "Hey, you got to beat these guys out." These guys—he's going to keep doing this every year. I've made the comment: 2024 class is going to be better than 23. I truly believe that. And and just a quick little soundbite on the on the and the guy from Virginia. Uh, I mean, boom! You want to talk about high school football recruiting? I mean, this is like something out of the 1980s where you don't know what's happening until you get a VHS tape and you start watching it. And all of a sudden this guy starts getting blowing up recruiting and all this stuff. Um, yeah. don't want to leave the show without talking about him. Athlete, athlete, athlete. I mean, everything I know. I mean, <laughs> get that. Oh man. I had a kid do that. I got a 15 yard penalty, but anyway, uh, California, you can't hurdle, but uh, I love, I love this guy's. Yeah. You can't hurdle in California. I love this guy's skill set. Me, I would play him at safety. Look at this safety, tackle. Rover, long safety. Look at this guy. I know people see the hot offensive film. Notre Dame does, has not had dudes like this in that back end. I would play him at strong safety, Rover, whatever, a box guy, and just let this guy run, fill, and be an enforcer. He is violent. When I say violent, guys, I mean he loves to hit. He loves playing football. This guy is just an old school athlete. Get him on the field down the road. And uh, yeah, he, look at that hit. I'm laughing for those, as Mike always says, watch on podcast. That's a hit. He's a quarterback who they yeah. just like, all right, you want to play some safety? I don't think he played safety before. Is that, is, you know, I was reading your articles that you did on him. Is that kind of what happened? 
All of a sudden, he just started playing defense and people started getting so. film on him? I think so. That's my understanding. Man, he is just – look at that speed. Yeah, he's just uh, – uh, yeah, he's 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 a he's – a, he's one of those hidden gems, right? And there's nothing wrong with hidden gems. We get so enamored by list and rankings. When you see a guy like this, you're like, yeah, this guy's legit. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like doesn't look like a three-star player. No. Yeah. But that's Dylan Edwards. That's how many – I mean, Jeremiah Love, when we first started talking about Jeremiah Love, Mike, he was – but the 400s, no one ever heard of them. And then all of a sudden, Notre Dame offered, Alabama offered, all of a sudden, because he only had 100 carries. I think 90 carries. Well, his, his, his thing was a lot year. of track. Just track, yeah, track, I want to say. So we got some track times out there. Yep. Um. So on three, uh, you know, Blue and Gold joined the On3 Network in January. I freaking love being at On3. It, it's, it's, it's amazing because, like, I talk all, all the time with our scouting guy and we just, you know, just kind of trade notes and thoughts. Yep. And, um, you know, anytime I get data to pass along to him, like arm length, verified times, verified height and weights, like that stuff is really important to Charles Power, who leads these of the rankings that on three. Again, he does a fantastic job. I have such a belief in what he does, um, you know, rivals you know you know can't really say the same but my point here is that those verified measurable times and uh, you know arm length hand size all that stuff that's really important to notre dame and these colleges as well they want to know how good of a basketball player you are they want to know oh um, Nico, the quarterback out in California, the quarterback who's been at Tennessee. Oh, he's a darn good volleyball player. Like yep. th- these things are really important. Um, I don't remember the start of my rant, what the point of it was. No, it was just that you know, it's you know, real quick. You mentioned that about on three. I love that too. When they, when you get a verified thing, they post that verified six two, verified four five five. All those things. It's not just a number. You know, coaches say, oh, he runs a ten two. Uh, all right, well, is it you know, is it real? <laughs> You know, you, you get it there. I like that. And real quick, a little uh, high five to on three because um, we've been in football season. I've been doing so much football. I love the updates they've done on the commits. They have all the rankings of all the services next to their name now on the commit page. I think that's awesome. So you don't have to click it. You just see it and you see what they are right across the board. So you see Peyton Bowen, what he is and all the services. I I don't know how new I, it's got to be new within the last few yeah. weeks. Like, yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. So just the folks thinking that oh, on three hates Notre Dame commits everywhere I've ever worked. Oh, the school hates <laughs> our commits or the, you know, the, 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 the place you work at hates the commits. Yeah. On three's got Peyton Bowen ranked the highest of all the services. Charles Jagasaw, same. Now there's of course the opposite end of that Drake Bowen, but it all evens out. So. That's why you have um, a consensus ranking as we yeah. uh, like to use. Correct. Exactly. All right, yep. Mr. Hyde, before we started recording, we were like, oh, maybe half hour, 45 minutes, <laughs> hour later. So, uh, guys, tons of content on our Blue and Gold YouTube page. So, tomorrow, we get Marcus Freeman at noon. We'll post that video. We get three minutes we're allowed to post. So, we'll do that. Tyler Horka will give us his reaction um, to what Freeman says. We'll have our recruiting live show at 1 p.m. Eastern time Thursday. Tim Hyde and I will be um, posting a video Friday at noon. Final thoughts, observations, and prediction before the game. All of this good stuff. Post-game live show. Tim, you good for 
post game live show. Hey, late night in Vegas, Saturday night. Get ready. Uh, Goolsby show Sunday. I'll text Goolsby to double check that he's good for that. And then, yeah, we'll do it all again as Notre Dame plays Stanford next week. Um, so, yeah, great show tonight. Um, appreciate all the super chat, excuse me, super chats. Um, hit that thumbs up before you get out of here. Subscribe um, to our YouTube channel. And as always, we will catch you guys next time.